Deep in the bowels of Zetzner's unreal theater, Madame Zetzner sat on her rocking chair and sipped tea, as was her custom. Her assistant, an ancient hunchbacked carny by the name of Gerburn, trudged in with a wooden spoon and a pot of goulash in hand. The rodents are back. Oh? I thought we'd taken care of them. They're back. I heard them in the walls. Verdante pests. We'll take care of that later, Gerburn. I'm enraptured by Miss Lerman's performance. You realize how deep in the other world she must be at this moment? What if she is lost? Like that won't happen again. I've taken steps. The voice told you how. The voice has nothing whatsoever to do with this. We're running an unheard of experiment into the limits of perception here, Kerberin. You realize what this could mean for humanity? A new philosophy, a new numerology, a new life freed from the constraints of the real. What about food? We still haven't managed to feed her. <laughs> There's a solution for everything, Gerburn. If we follow the numbers, they'll show us the way. The way to the future. If you say so. I thought we were still a theater, not a boarding house for tramps. They're performers. You know, times are hard for all of us. I don't trust the woman, die Deutsche Frau. She sounds phony to me. And I've never seen the face of the other one. The one who's always quoting Heilige Schrift. What was that? Nothing. I heard some of the language of my homeland. What part are you from, Gerbern? Thuringen, close to Weimar. What a coincidence. My village lies in Holstein. Not far, is it? No, not far. Anyhow, is that goulash? I'm famished. Her. Help yourself. And your odd friend? Don't worry about him. I'll be honest. I've never seen him eat. Perhaps he subsists on manna or something like that. How is she? She seems fine. No signs of injury. It would be visible. Excuse me, I have to close up the shop. Business is slow, eh, Frau Kunstler? I have far greater ambitions than mediocre cartomancy in rural Kansas. This is the true theatre. The theatre of the mind. It is quite something. But I wonder... Ah! She's surfacing! Quick! The rope! What? The rope? What? It's, it's tightening! I, I can't move them! They're stuck! Lieselotte! Can you hear me? She's fallen back in, but... But she can't move a muscle with a rope tension like this. Wherever she is, she'll be paralyzed. I can wake her. I can do it. Not where she is now. Wherever that is, it's deep enough that ordinary waking can't bring her back. I, I'm sorry. There's no way to get through to her. I've pulled her out before. You had the right numbers that time, though, didn't you? Imagine what could happen with the wrong ones. She's a laboratory animal to you, isn't she? You couldn't care less where she is so long as you get to take notes. Don't test me, Frau Kunstler. You're here on my goodwill alone. Kick me out, then. I dare you. Tomorrow I'll be somewhere else. They're hobos. We've learned not to get attached. Listen. Excuse me. The both of them turned from their heated debate to identify the source of the voice, which at least for the madame was somehow familiar. Their eyes searched widely, then finally found a mongoose standing upright on the stage in front of them. But it was no ordinary mongoose. I guess you figured that part out already. I may have a solution to offer. What? I explained. Though I'm not sure it helped. 
In the early days of Zetzner's Unreal Theater, before it had even acquired that questionable moniker, it was more akin to a run-of-the-mill freak show than whatever it is now. Madame Zetzner, or as she was then known, Rita Zukowski, had all the staples. The Siamese twins, the bearded lady, the living skeleton, and the rest. These were joined by a rather unusual addition. A talking mongoose, falsely advertised as a ferret, who had the power to read minds. Naturally, this advertisement prompted some skepticism on the part of the patrons. There was some joy to be found in proving them wrong, but describing to astonished Midwestern housewives the contents of their breakfast proved less than stimulating over time. So I began to conduct experiments, testing the limits of my abilities, with Madame Zetzner as a willing vector. As I instructed her in the secrets of the mind and the universe, which are the same, since you didn't ask, I came to radical new conclusions myself. I concluded that the ultimate destiny of intelligent life lay not in the cosmos, as all the quacks and the quarterlies kept saying, but in the immaterial realm from which the holy numbers originated. So I devoted myself to finding a way there, if it could be done. It took many tries, but eventually we found results. Well, I didn't see that coming. Nobody ever sees me coming. They never think to look down. Jeff, please. What do we do? Jeff? Your name is Jeff? G-E-F, thank you very much. Please, let's not have any more dilly-dallying. It's in our mutual interest to save your friend, and I can do it. How? You don't know where she is. I can see into her mind. The tricky bit is going to be getting her out of whatever hole she's gotten herself stuck in. Is that possible? I expect we'll find out very soon. Excuse me. What are you... With the agility and poise expected of my species, I climbed onto the poor girl's head and curled up in her hair. Well, that's one way to do it. Then I closed my eyes and entered into that familiar space, dark and moist, what I imagined the womb to be, a memory I knew any subject of mine was certain to share. That was my inn. From there, there was only an eternity to go. On the other end, Lottie was just regaining her senses after the shock of trying and failing to awake. She was lying vertically on a crude gurney in a rock dwelling, even more crudely carved than the one she'd just left. Through the window, she could make out other improvised houses, apparently clustered around a subterranean lake, which produced a glow all its own. In the room with her, lurking under a lantern in the far corner, was a woman with a bell. It was only on closer inspection that Lottie noticed that the woman's head was a bird's skull, and with even greater alarm, that she herself was paralyzed. Um, um, where am I? Friend, you have awoken. Oh, joyous day. You again. I was in the chamber. How did I get here? What do you think you are now? Here, here I'll give you a hand. Mm, mm, mm. Chin. Up uh, the ceiling? Above. Well, from one perspective, quite the opposite from the other. Below? We're below. Below the chamber. Yes. You really do have something special about you. Didn't I say? Didn't I say? Yeah, you said. So with a little hustle back there. Have to make a living, don't we? So I say, why not make it off the Pharaoh's zealots? What's the harm in that? I thought you all believed in him here. Oh, I believe. Do you think that stops you from cheating the other believers out of their weapons and personal possessions? That used to believe that's what he would want. He did kill a whole load of people. That he did. So, really, we have the high ground here. Morally speaking. Though, we have also killed a whole load of people. 
untrue, the beast killed them. We just showed them the way. That up there, that ain't the Pharaoh's chamber, is it? Indeed, no. Just an old temple. They say if you listen closely to the icon, it whispers ancient secrets in here. What is it? That icon? I saw it somewhere else. You're wrong. That's the only one of its kind in all the worlds. It don't look so special. There's a special story to it. Ooh, story, story. Well, it always remembers them. She's good at that. Well, so, there was a sculptor who lived here a long time ago. He made the statue, but whenever anyone asked, he could not say what it was meant to be. Even so, the villagers kept going and leaving offerings to it in the dead of night. Before long, folks from all around started coming to see this thing with no name and no eyes. They kept asking what it was, so he got fed up, and in the spur of the moment said it was a pharaoh. The Midnight Pharaoh, they started calling it. It wasn't long before the cult spread, and the general took the name for himself. Oh, never told me that one. Is that true? Is that how he really got started? You're not from around here, are you? There isn't any true or false down here, friend. Just the stories. I could say I'm the Midnight Pharaoh, and no one could say otherwise. That would be silly, though. Yes, it would be very silly. You get the picture now. A little. Sometimes it feels like the more I learn, the more confused I get. That's alright. You have plenty of time. You're staying with us for now. For the duration of your convalescence. What? You may have noticed. You can't move. So it's not as if you can go anywhere. Might as well stay. What if I don't want to? What if I got someplace to be? Then I guess that's a terrible shame. An awful shame. Yes. It is an awful shame. 512-1547-2. Why isn't it working? Why can't I travel? Those fancy codes won't help you this far down in the necro world. Otherwise, we'd have all run off a long time ago. I can't. I can't. I'm very sorry, friend. Believe me, I am. But I will add you make for fine wall decoration. I still prefer the dead possum. Excuse me, that was not a decoration. You just nailed it up there and said it livened up the place. Was I wrong? This bickering continued for some time until finally the human porcupine returned to his post and the martlet woman fell asleep, bell in hand. Lottie racked her mind for a way out, but came up short every time. She was just beginning to sink into despair when I finally made my entrance in appropriately grand fashion. Lottie Lerman? Huh? Madame Zetzner sent me. I'm Jeff. Madam sent you? Do they know where I am up there? No, but I do. And I know you're far too valuable to spend the rest of eternity as wall decoration in some filthy hovel underground. Thanks, I guess. Can you make me move? Impossible. The ropes back there are too tight. There's something wrong with the device. I thought it was supposed to be foolproof. In such a foolish world as ours, no amount of proofing is ever sufficient. So what then? You'll wheel me back to safety? Have a little patience. I'm only a mongoose. You're a talking mongoose who knows dreamwalking. The expectations are pretty high. Hold on, all right. The wheels are locked. Stupid. There. Okay, now what? That looks like the door. Yeah. Do you have mongoose super strength? Sadly, no. Then I don't think we're getting out of here. Don't be so defeatist. With enough momentum, anything's possible. That's what my granddad used to say. Did he talk too? No, it comes from my mother's side. Aha! Noticing that the gurney's wheels had come to rest on a discarded dead possum, I hastily improvised a propulsion strategy. Pulling the possum out, I got the wheels moving ever so slightly, then increased the acceleration by placing it in front of them again and again. Every time the poor creature's carcass was run over, the gurneys gained speed. 
With great care, I maneuvered Lottie out the doorframe, not realizing it opened directly onto a winding flight of stairs. What are you- Ah! Oh, shit. What's going on out there? Where's the decor? Where is my possum? Shit, 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 shit. I rushed down the steps in pursuit of the gurney, which was already flying toward the town square. Behind me, I heard Martlet ringing her bell. If my cock-up hadn't already woken the whole village, it was certainly up now. By the time I got to the ground, the gurney had already made landfall and almost run down several townsfolk. It lost steam as it passed the square, colliding at a survivable speed with the stone wall of their barracks. Soon, as it posed no more threat, local toughs began to surround it. Lottie could do nothing but shout in protest as they wheeled her back to the square, where most of the village had already assembled. This what you call rescuing? Child? Who are you talking to, child? Nobody. Good, good. It's already alarming enough to have an unforeseen intruder in our midst. Tell us, where do you come from? I'm from the waking world. I'm a human. Ha ha ha, a human, she says, as if that were so remarkable. I'm a human, you know. Me too. And me. Yes, we're all humans. As for that waking world business, I've no idea what that means, so I'll just go ahead and ignore it. Next question. Why are you strapped to this gurney? Or, not this gurney in particular, but indeed any gurney. Two villagers here did it. They're fraudsters, too. Is that so? Just a minute. Just a minute, if you please, Magistrate. Oh, it's you, Subtle Spoon. Care to explain this commotion? I was in the middle of reading my nocturnal catechisms. We found her next to the icon, Your Magnificence. She'd taken some of the offerings from the bowl. Sacrilege! That is a serious offense, I hope you're aware. I didn't know. I need them to pay a debt. It's a matter of life and death. I quite agree. The life of this community and your death. We can't have outsiders coming here and desecrating our holiest of holies to pay off their gambling. As duly appointed magistrate of Underville, I hereby condemn you to death. No! Your magnificence, no, please! Have mercy! My allotted mercy for the trimester has been expended. Take her to the jetty! Despite Subtle Spoon's protestations, the villagers proved all too eager to carry out the magistrate's sentence. They wheeled her to the edge of the lake and were about to transfer her to the unusual palanquin used for such occasions when I chose my moment to step in. As it turns out, I was not needed. Ahem! The Major! Oh, what is it now? I bring a message from the Lord of the Infinite Lands. This one is to be left alone. But Major Turnstile, she stole offerings from the Pharaoh's own plate. His law has always been clear on this. She was commanded to do so by the slumbering Lord. He desires her to be brought to his presence immediately. That doesn't make a great deal of sense. Do you question me? Do you question the Pharaoh's coming deliverance as well? No, no, no! Uh, take her off there, you two. Put her back on the gurney. Thank God. And you, Martlet and Subtle Spoon. You interrupted holy work in progress. I won't tolerate such mischief in the future. Of course, of course, sir, as you command. In our defense, it didn't look terribly holy. You show your ignorance more with every word. Better quiet down now while you can. Certainly, sir. Don't. What? Words. Oh, words. 
Fools, magistrate, command your men. Let us bear the young woman to the icon. I'll take those wrongly appropriated offerings as well. So the whole parade moved out again, this time with a different goal and something of a different attitude. What could I do but follow? All the while, unbeknownst to me, trouble was brewing back in the theater. Ethel and Madame Zetzner were poring over the contraption, the latter with her hands, trying to find what part of it had malfunctioned, and eventually succeeding. I've got it! The stops on the police had been removed. Once they reeled in this far, there was no way to expand again. Strange. Seems almost deliberate. Nothing but an error on Gerben's part, I'm, I'm sure. Now at least we can fix it and- Madam, madam! Gerben, what is it? We found the solution! I saw him. I saw the Bible man. It is Pratchett. Pratchett's dead, Gerben. What are you saying? You don't understand. He didn't- <laughs> Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. Monk! You killed him! Mm-hmm. And he said unto them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also, for therefore came I forth. What is he saying? We're next. But why? There's no sense in this. And the streams thereof shall be turned into pitch, and the dust thereof into brimstone, and the land thereof shall become burning pitch, for it is the day of the Lord's vengeance. He's being very Old Testament. Appropriate. But who the hell is Pratchett? Pratchett. Pratchett was a traveler, like Lottie. He... never surfaced. We thought perhaps something down there took him. Cold coffin. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? You've been working with him then, this entire time. And Satan answered the Lord and said, Nay. The avenging angel, eh? You've got an awfully high opinion of yourself. That's it. He's in this for vengeance. All this time, that's been his game. What about the dream? All that we were building together! Now it is in mine heart to make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel, that his fierce wrath may turn away from us. Bastard! And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. Oh gracious! He's going to destroy the theater! Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect, be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace shall be with you. No, you don't. Come back here. Stop. We can't leave Lottie. And Jeff. She's stuck. There's no time to fix the pulleys. So what then? He'll die, and he gets away. It doesn't have to be. There's always a solution. Love to hear it. Wait. Just wait and have faith in them. Madame Zetzner closed her eyes and gripped the metal bars of the device, remaining perfectly still as the water came up to her waist. Ethel looked at her in bewilderment, but as tempted as she was to run for it, she couldn't bring herself to leave Lottie. 
That same Lottie who, still paralyzed, was deposited by the magistrate's men in front of the cave mouth, alongside the major. Thank you, magistrate. We'll proceed from here. Certainly. Glad to be of assistance. Come along, boys. It was you all along. You're their leader. They all follow you. They chose to do so. I wouldn't complain if I were you. Well, what about the beast? How you plan on getting past that, Major? I don't. Slowly out of the cave emerged an enormous creature made of bone, its wings shriveled from squeezing into such a compact space, and its appearance pallid from years of languishing in darkness. It waited for the Major to pass, wheeling in the astonished Lottie, then went back in behind them. They walked the tunnel in silence until they reached the stone door, which remained immovable as ever. If you'd be so kind. The beast is not the watchdog. It is the doorkeeper. But why does it listen to you? Like Cold Coffin, I am a servant of the Pharaoh. But unlike him, I am not your enemy. Prove it to me. You don't have to ask. You paid after all. You know that icon, yes? Do you know what it is? It's the Midnight Pharaoh, isn't it? There are some who believe that, but I see things somewhat differently. What the icon is, at its core, is a true unknown. A power source beyond even our understanding. We're all slaves to it. You and it, in particular, share a close kinship. It's been drawing you here to this moment since you arrived. Cole Coffin. He said I was anointed or something. What does that mean? I told you. You possess a gift that is much coveted, but it is also malady. If you're not careful, it will eat you up from the inside. Please observe. Slowly, Turnstile walked up to the statue and pulled out his baton once more. He tapped it once, twice, three times. On the third time, the ancient stone split open and a burst of sound emerged, then swiftly fell down to total silence. Well hidden in the hollow inside was a small, ancient scroll, miraculously preserved. The Major unfurled it carefully and showed the numbers on it to Lottie, who took some time to grasp its meaning. How does the other one go? Five, twelve, fifteen, forty, seventy-two. Consider this the inverse, the only exit from the Necro world, the direct route to the Black Pyramid. That's as straight as I'll ever be with you. Use them if you choose. I'll leave it entirely up to you. Wait, was Soul Gavel lying? Are my powers evil? Am I evil? <laughs> if you really want to know, ask the mongoose. <clears throat> he clutched his chest and collapsed, dead once more. The scroll lay on the gurney beside Lottie, though in her paralysis she couldn't turn to read it. At the Major's prompting, I emerged from beneath the gurney and picked up the scroll. Why did he say that? I don't know. I never saw that fellow before. Show me the numbers. Are you sure? Do you think you're in a state to do that? Show me the numbers. I can't stay here anymore. I'd rather die. I understand the sentiment. What if it's a trap, though? I ain't gonna ask again, you overgrown rat. All right, no need to lose your temper. Okay. One-fifth. One-third. Six-tenths, four-tenths, eight-fifteenths. One-fifth, one-third, six-tenths, four-tenths, eight-fifteenths. Is it? 
instant, the cave melted away, and suddenly we were falling through utter blackness. Falling up. The shattered statue, the last sight that remained after the rest had fallen away, seemed to watch us with its empty sockets, right up until it became too small to make out in the distance. As we started to burn from the sheer acceleration, the gurney shattered, and Lottie was freed. I saw her soar majestically through the dark, regaining the use of her arms as the ropes back in the waking world burned away, and at that moment, I believed all my master had said. Here was our savior. Here was the pharaoh's champion. As if there was ever any doubt. Lottie. Lottie. The stars. Head for the stars. Newly in control of her own flight, she headed up to the distant cluster of light, our portal out of the necro world. Once there, she was greeted with a familiar sight from a portentous night long ago. And there again was the Black Pyramid looming above. I didn't even have to tell her to head that way. She touched down at its entry point gracefully and looked around. This is where I was before. I did it. I'm here. You've done splendidly, Lottie. You really have. I'd stay back if I were you. It's not safe. Oh, I wouldn't worry about that. I've been here before. What? How? Because I brought him. All right. I might have told a fib. There is some explaining me. At Zetzner's freak show, I met a man who showed me the wonder of the numbers and what they meant. He was a baron, he said, and he served a master who could reward us both beyond our wildest dreams if we brought him his dearest wish, an oneirinat, whatever that was. The means to do so were somewhat unsavory, I'll admit, but as I said before, I'm probably not a good person, so that was quite all right with me. I'm gonna... I'm going to kill you for what you did. Not this time. I'm not here to duel. You've already delivered yourself. Now you're going to come with me. Why should I do that? Lottie, please, do as he says. Ma? Ma? I'm here. Please come. It's for the best. We'll explain everything. You're not my mother. You can't be. Ask her whatever you like. Where did Ma and Pa go out for the first time? Miller Creek, December 97. What's my Ma's maiden name? Lowell, like the town of Massachusetts. How do I like my eggs? Fried. Yolk as runny as can be. I don't... I can't. It's all right. You were meant to be here. Out of all the millions, it was you he chose. You, Lottie Lerman. But why? Because you're one of a kind. Didn't I always tell you? Come on, take my hand. Good. You have excellent timing, Jeff. You're just in time for the ceremony. Of course, sir. Chalk it up to my show business background. <laughs> Very good. Come on. You want to get a good seat. We filed into the inner chamber one by one. And the rest it is not my place to tell. Though, perhaps an addendum would be appropriate. Back down in Dexter, Ethel and Zeta found themselves drenched, but somehow unharmed in Walnut Street, which now sported an all-new great big hole in it from the geyser of water that had shot up and brought them to safety. Madame Zetzner coughed her lungs out, but didn't dare open her eyes until Ethel placed her hand on her shoulder in a gesture of kindness. Open your eyes. She did so, 
A crowd soon began to gather. Ethel observed them with mild interest, then turned back to Lottie to ask her all she had been wanting to ask. To her surprise, the girl was gone, as was I. Lottie. Jeff. They're gone. It's over. It's over, isn't it? No, it isn't. Nothing's over. Until I say so. Ethel furrowed her brow and looked up at the bright blue, cloudless heavens instead. Somewhere up there, she knew, was the girl she had come to care for, and whom her plan most required. And she saw clearly that now her search was begun.